Hello and welcome to Recruiting and Hospitality from Cagewood.com. As ever, I'm Lancelot Narayan and in each programme we discuss matters affecting you, employers. So it's recruitment, development, retention and other matters that affect you and your wonderful teams. Today we're talking about the work of Springboard uh, and all the important work that they do. We, we have been at Cagewood.com, we've been supporters of Springboard since time immemorial to put it that way not just springboard but also their future chef competition which i, I personally am a huge, huge huge fan of it's a great way of uh, introducing young people uh, to the world of hospitality and it's always an exciting competition and uh, we always uh, we're always there at, at the final um we're going to be talking about the springboard ambassador program uh today as well um who better to speak to than an ambassador, I suppose. Um, and I'm very lucky to have with me today. Um, well, you'll find out all about her. Um, she is now let me get this straight. She is the nerdy hotelier. Yeah, we're going to find out all about that. She's <laughs> the leisure sales manager at Mandarin Oriental. I want you to say a big hello to Katrina Pengeli. Hello, Katrina. Hi, how are you doing today, Lance? Not bad, thank you. It's good to see you. Oh, it's great thanks, to be here. <laughs> thanks for spending the time with me. That's, this is fantastic. It's, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, this conversation we're going to have today. Let's get straight into it. Um, can you tell us a bit about your hospitality background? Tell us your origin story. Yeah. Um, and, and, and how you finally became involved uh, with Springboard. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, how much time do we have? Uh, you know, I've only been in the industry uh, 12 years, and I say only because I know that there's hospitality professionals that have been out there for quite some time, uh, but I do feel like I'm a little bit seasoned now at 12 years, um, and I have done uh, a lot uh, of different roles in hospitality. Um, I originally put my foot in the door with hospitality as uh, I was a, a an aspiring chef um, out of senior school. Um, so I really, really was just, had a huge love for food. Um, even actually from when I was a kid, um, my friend released a cookbook and I was actually interviewed by the local newspaper when I was eight years old on how to make your best spaghetti. Uh, so I always had some kind of, where, you know. Local yeah. newspaper, where is this? Where are you actually oh, from? Oh, sorry, excellent start. So I am from uh, Vancouver, Canada, originally, as you can hear by my accent, I am not uh, a native Brit, uh, but I've been in city, a beautiful city. I've been oh, honestly, yeah. it's such a stunning, amazing city. The true Canadian postcard is yeah. what I tell people what it is. If you want the mountains, if you want the ocean, the bears, the whales, everything that comes with it, the west side of Canada is where to find it. No offense to the rest of the country. <laughs> I'm Canadian, I have to say that. Yes. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so Vancouver, Canada. I moved to England um, about four and a half years ago, but I'll get there eventually. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, I want, you know, I wanted to be, um, I wanted to be uh, a chef. Um, I really aspired to work in the culinary industry. Uh, my senior school actually had a culinary arts program, uh, where in your final year, it's a bit different how they structure it in Canada versus the UK. Uh, but think of my final year um, in, in school. Um, I was actually able 
to spend more than half my time in the culinary kitchen um, at my school uh, preparing meals for the students. So we did the cafeteria, um, but we also um, did external catering as well. So really got some good experience uh, into working in hospitality. Um, from there, um, I actually uh, started working in a restaurant uh, when I uh, when I first uh, started off out of high school. Um, and I don't get me wrong, I loved it. Being a line cook, that pressure of having so many tickets coming in, the food going out, you know, everything. I loved it so much. I always kept getting in so much trouble from my chef because I was always the one with the dirtiest whites at the end of the night. And I was like, but I just had so much fun and I was throwing stuff around and, you know, we got it all done and it was great. Um, but I was notorious for being the dirtiest out of the kitchen <laughs> at the end of the night. Um, but, you know, as much as I loved it, I really, really loved it. Um, I also kind of miss the interaction with people, you know, being in the kitchen, you send the food out and you kind of wanted to follow the food and be like, how was it? Tell me about your experience. You know, what did you like? What could I improve? Um, so even though I had, I still knew I wanted to be a chef, I decided that I wanted to diversify my experience um, and get into the front of house as well. Um, so I did waitressing, bartending, uh, expediting, uh, as well as floor management for a while. Um, and after doing that, I thought, you know what, as well as being a chef, um, because I love being able to talk to people, I think it was also really important for me at the time to say, you know, let's not limit myself to just working in the kitchen. What could I do with a broader range, you know, owning my own restaurant, maybe, or more restaurant management than just chefing? Um, and so um, I ended up going to hospitality school, a diploma program at a local uh, college, which is not like college here. It's much more like university. Um, we just call it college for whatever reason. Um, and uh, I started doing that program. And what was really cool it was a hospitality management program, but it specialized half on restaurant operations and half on hotel operations. Um, which was which was really interesting. And I actually I don't remember when it was. There was one specific morning where I just snapped, woke up and I was like, I'm going to be a hotelier. And <laughs> everyone was like, oh, what about being a chef? I'm like, ah, screw that. We're going to be a hotelier now. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know where it was or what specific moment, you know, people ask me that a lot and I don't know what it was that that flipped me. But there was a lot of stuff that I was learning when learning about hotels that I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Or, oh, you would never know that if you didn't work in hotels. And it slowly just kind of creeped my interest into that side of the industry. Right. Something um, must have excited you about it. it, it there, um... there was obviously something. <laughs> But, yeah, that's, uh, that's how it usually gets me. Something triggers it and yeah. sets you on another path. And it really did. And it completely kind of changed my direction. It wasn't that I had completely blocked food and beverage out of the path, but it was like, you know what, let's see where this goes. Um, so I started working front desk at a local hotel in Vancouver. Um, Brits love this. It was a historic hotel uh, in Vancouver. So, of course, built in 1986. Uh, <laughs> so you know at the time you don't know Vancouver that's very funny it is it is quite old you know like for for Vancouver for our structures and our infrastructure you know Vancouver the city is very much tall glass buildings we don't necessarily have a lot of heritage everything that's old gets torn down and rebuilt so actually a hotel built for Expo 86 and 1986 
is actually quite old. Um, so, you know, I worked at the historic hotel in Vancouver, which now coming to uh, to England has definitely uh, blown my mind and what historic actually means. Um, but, you know, at the time, really, really cool. And I loved it. I loved working front desk, being that person that could make, you know, that slight, that slight thing that was so easy for me to do, but that it would make an absolute huge difference to someone's stay. Um, for example, you know, I got a phone call from a mum once that said, listen, it's my daughter's 10th birthday and all she has wanted for her entire life is to be a princess. And I said, okay. And she said, so I've put her to work all morning like Cinderella. <laughs> and I was like, you did not. And she said, yes, I did. But the trick is she doesn't know that there's a limo coming with her grandma dressed up as a fairy godmother and a beautiful dress and shoes. And she's going to spend one night at your hotel tonight. And I was hoping that we could address her as princess when she arrives. And I was like, Yes, absolutely. First of all, love that you've made your daughter do chores all morning. That yeah. sounds amazing. Great parenting right there. Um, and then, you know, so she was going to have this amazing experience. So I rallied everybody up and I got her approximate arrival time. And when the limo pulled up, I had all the staff rode down the front door and every single one of us bowed or knelt or curtsied to Princess Cadence as she walked in the door. And the poor girl was in tears you know how did you know that today was the day i was going to become a princess and i said princess cadence we have been waiting for your arrival your whole life and you know her mom and her like they had such an amazing time and it took five minutes of my time to provide that experience for this one girl um and so so that's really what kind of solidified even that day i'll still remember that was like 10 years ago i'll still remember it you know for the rest of my life is that special moment that i provided someone and that really kind of solidified my journey in hotels um which that's is amazing yeah, you know, it's really, as I said, it was such a simple thing that I had to do, but it really made such a memory for that one person. Um, so as I said, I knew that I wanted to continue with the journey. Um, so I went to a different university to complete my bachelor's degree in international hotel management. Uh, from there, I started working with Fairmont Hotels and Resorts in the Rocky Mountains of Canada. Um, beautiful place for anyone, again, west side of Canada that wants to experience that true Canadian postcard. Uh, and I worked there for a year and a half in their leadership development program doing all food and beverage management. Um, and my final, you know, seven months there was in events um, as an event manager. And again, loved it. Um, but, you know, those long hours that we do, the running around on your feet, you know, um, for those that have been an event manager will know, you know, you come out of the back, you're covered in dishwater and food and you're sweaty and you're hot and you're a mess. And I would walk out and I saw at this one event, I saw the sales team uh, mingling in the room with the clients with their glass of wine and their nice dress. And I was like, I want that job. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I like that one. That that looks nice. That looks nice. Uh, so when I finished my when I finished my year and a half um, at that Fairmont property, I had the opportunity to either stay with Fairmont or do something different. Um, and at the time, my fiance and I had been discussing potentially moving somewhere else in the world. Uh, only speaking English and with Trump in power in the U.S., we put a big uh, X over that and defaulted onto England, uh, which actually ended up being really amazing as uh, he actually has dual citizenship.
citizenship uh, because his family is from the UK. Um, and, and I did have some amazing opportunities uh, after I got here. Um, so when I got here, I started my journey in sales. Um, so as you know, many of you know, sometimes you need to take a step down to start a new path. Uh, so I started, um, went from management and started off again as a coordinator in a sales team uh, with a wonderful company called GP Associates, um, who looks after sales and marketing for multiple hotel companies. Um, and I was there for uh, a year and a half due to be promoted to sales manager uh, in April 2020. Um, but as I'm sure you can all imagine where that direction's going, uh, rather than a promotion, unfortunately, um, I was made redundant instead um, after some time on furlough. Um, but I didn't let it get me down. That's actually where the nerdy hotelier started out. Um, you know, there was no real opportunities for hotel sales management positions at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, so I set up as a freelancer um, and I started doing marketing and PR and virtual events and really anything that I could get my hands on to learn something new. Um, but through that, I didn't want to lose my roots in hospitality. Um, and that's where I came up with the Nerdy Hotelier, which at the time was just a blog uh, where I expressed how nerdy and how excited I could get um, about, about hospitality. You know, I did a really, one of my favorite blogs actually is about hotel staircases, my favorite 12 hotel staircases in the world. And I will say, I did a lot of research and I looked at a lot of staircases, <laughs> but I came up with... Uh, well, so I didn't rank them in order. They're in a random order. They're just my 12 favorites. Okay. Um, and I have to think, because I don't want to be too, because actually, funny enough, one of them, now that I'm with Mandarin Oriental, one of them is a Mandarin Oriental uh, staircase in uh, in Bangkok, I believe. Um, so I, I can't say that one, because now I work with Mandarin. Uh, but there's this really cool one. I believe the hotel is called the St. James. It's um, just outside of Paris, um, but it's built on what used to be the first landing strip for like the very first air balloons um, that took off from France. Um, and their back staircase, not their main staircase, but their back staircase is actually all decorated um, to look like these air balloons are kind of like floating down the staircase. And it's really a huge tie to its history of being the first French uh, you know, strip of land that allowed takeoff and landing of air balloons. Um, and just just so cool, you know, this is the type of stuff that I get nerdy about. Um, so now that we're kind of coming out of the pandemic, and I do now have a very wonderful job with Mandarin Oriental that I've been doing for just over uh, five months now. Um, you know, I still want the nerdy hotelier to be there. I unfortunately don't have a lot of time to write a lot of blogs. Um, but it's more just my personal brand now. It's who I am. I am a nerdy hotelier. And I I love expressing my love and my passion and my nerdiness for all things hotels, from wallpapers to the bathroom sink, as I tell people, um, you know, all those little little intricate details about every hotel being so different and so unique gets me really excited. <laughs> and it comes across. It really does. It yeah. really does. Your enthusiasm for it is, is fantastic. So how did you get involved with Springboard? Yeah, excellent question. Um, so actually, while I was um, right after I moved here, when I was at GP Associates, um, I was working with um, a lovely girl who used to work with the Savoy. Um, and I was telling her that I wanted to be more involved with the industry. I had, you know, I'd always tried to be involved and I and I always wanted to be more involved with the industry. And she had let me know that she had actually done a trek uh, while she was at the Savoy with Springboard um, to raise money for the charity. And I said, oh, like, that's amazing. I don't know if I could go out on like a whole month trek but you know do they do other types of opportunities 
And she said, oh my gosh, yes, you can do so many different volunteering. You can become an ambassador. And I said, ooh, an ambassador, what's that? Tell me more about it. Um, and that's really, you know, within weeks of her telling me about it and introducing me to someone at Springboard, um, I knew that I wanted to be involved. And so I did training to become part of their uh, ambassador program, uh, which was in the spring of 2019 when I did my training. Fantastic, fabulous. Oh, it's, it's great that you, you know, met the right people and got connected. That's, Absolutely. That, that's, honestly, that's, that's, that's great that, you, that, that that happened. So what, as a Springboard Ambassador, how does, how does, it, how does it work? Tell us about your role as an ambassador. How does that help other people in the industry? Yeah, of course. Well, me specifically, I've done quite a few different things at a Springboard Ambassador. And honestly, I was a little worried at first because when I was doing my training, everyone else that was doing the training with me was from HR teams or talent acquisition teams. And, you know, their main focus was to become an ambassador of Springboard to promote uh, working in the hospitality industry, but also to share with these students and future potential industry folk um, the opportunities that they had at their um, at their hotels. Um, and I was in a very small team when I was at GP Associates, and we didn't really have very many opportunities to offer. So I was actually a bit nervous that I wouldn't be able to properly, you know, promote the industry and the and the opportunities that I had available. Um, so instead, I tried to find different spaces that I could just support with uh, Springboard. Um, I'm really loud, as, as you can probably tell. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, I have been told by a very fantastic industry colleague that I'm not loud, I'm vivacious. Uh, and so because I'm I am stealing so, that. I'm yeah. stealing that. I'm not loud. I'm vivacious. And because I am so vivacious, uh, I was able to really, you know, find uh, ways to support through the events that Springboard does. Of course, not during the pandemic, as these in-person events um, haven't been on. But pre-pandemic, you know, with the Springboard Christmas carols, I was selling raffle tickets. Come one, come all. Now that I have your attention, buy my raffle tickets, please. Uh, you know, and then as well, you know, the pantomime that they did every year, I supported with setup and makeup and getting everything going. Um, as well as events like the London Hospitality Festival, where they ran games and different events on and stuff like that. Um, so being a really loud Canadian, it really, really helped kind of support um, somewhere that they didn't really have support for from the ambassadors. They had a few volunteers here and there, but most of their support actually came from their internal teams volunteering their time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're always big supporters of the uh, Christmas Panto. Yes, exactly. I am. I have told so many people how badly I want to be in the next panto. Um, so it better happen. <laughs> You've got to be a shoe in for that. I'm like, I want to be on that stage talking nonsense so much. So one day I will hopefully uh, be on the panto whenever it kicks back up. Um, but, you know, in the, in during the pandemic as well, they had other opportunities, which I was really excited to learn about because obviously I wasn't able to support in the way that I had been before. Um, and so they actually uh, launched the Digital Hospitality Academy during the pandemic, which the main focus was to provide assistance for those that have been made redundant or were struggling to get back into work in hospitality during the pandemic. Um, they had multiple different things that the digital hospitality did um, from different trainings to introductions with companies. Um, but I was able to get involved um, by doing some guest speaking events on personal branding, highlighting yourself on online, how to leverage yourself and get past that black and white of your CV and, you know, really how to showcase yourself while you're up against hundreds of other applicants. Um, 
Um, and I also um, supported on CV critiquing as well as uh, mock interviews to help people prepare uh, for those tough questions that they would be dealing with during the pandemic. So lots of things. <laughs> well, that, that's 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 incredible work. It really is. And you've touched on it right there. But what I was going to ask you is why you think it's important to have ambassadors. And you've touched on it there. Can mm. you go into a bit more details? Because, you know, given the difficult climate, uh for businesses at the moment i mean it's 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 industry wide yeah why is it so important to have ambassadors yeah and you know i think regardless of the difficulties that the industry is facing right now i'm not trying to say they're not important but regardless we should always have hospitality ambassadors you know this is an amazing industry and you know for some reason whatever the reasons are we have always struggled with staff retention even before the pandemic you know i feel that a lot of younger professionals they see the hard work they see the long hours the weekend nights that we've all done but they end up leaving the industry before they even have a chance to imagine their future and the career that they can build because no one's shown them that future opportunity you know they they do see these gms and they see these sales managers and these restaurant owners but you know has anyone really stopped and said you know you know 10 years ago 20 years ago I was you, I was doing this job, I was doing, you know, the, the hard work, I was doing the long hours in the kitchen, I was waiting tables, I was working front desk, you know, um, and, and tell people that, you know, they always say, oh, you have a really cool job, but I didn't just appear here, I didn't just start here. And I think that that's really what the industry is missing is helping the younger professionals and the people entering the industry bridge that mental gap between I'm a waitress and this is my future potential of working in this industry. Um, you know, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything. There's definitely hard work, long hours and weekend shifts involved, but they don't last forever. Um, and I think we need more people out there sharing their stories and saying, you know, this is the role I was doing and here is the potential futures that you could have in the industry. And, you know, we are in a difficult time right now. It is important more so than ever to inspire those that are in the industry. But I also think that we will struggle to continue to grow and develop this industry without supporting and reaching out to that up and coming generation. Um, you know, as you were talking about at the very beginning with the Future Chef program, you know, like some of those future chefs are really young when they enter this competition. And, you know, it really gives them the opportunity to learn about their future potential and the future careers that they could have through a competition like that. And, you know, I think that there's so much potential for us to, to reach out to students, not, you know, university students or kids that are already doing their A-levels. You know, what about those kids that haven't just started deciding what they're going to do, mm. you know, and then really showcasing that, yes, it's hard work when you first start, but the opportunities are endless once you have a chance to get in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, I, I never heard it put better. It's, it, that's <laughs> absolutely true. Can you give me an example of the kind of impact that your role has had since you become an ambassador? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the most recent impact that I could share is working with the Digital Hospitality Academy. Um, of course, you know, that's really fresh in, in my mind and it's, you know, really important right now trying to get so many staff into the industry with the difficulties we are having. Um, you know, and working with these students and young professionals who were so discouraged, you know, they had lost their jobs or they couldn't get into jobs. They were struggling with interviews. And of course, 
course, you know, we think about it on the other side, the hotelier side or the restaurant side, the teams hiring are also struggling um, because there's so much demand, you know, and it was really hard to see the discouragement that people had when looking for roles. Mm -hmm. So for me, being able to to help people um, support them, become confident, to see their confidence grow as they're learning different, you know, virtual tips and tricks, because not a lot of them have done virtual interviews either, um, let alone interviews in the first place. So being able to, you know, to help them answer those hard questions, to frame their answers, to think about, you know, what people want to hear um, has personally been really rewarding for me. I will say I had a lot of interview prep for my Mandarin interview uh, because I had been helping, you know, over the last year and a half. I probably supported um, about 50 different individuals with mock interviews, um, you know, which was really great. So actually, it really helped me with my interviews as well because I had so much practice. Yeah. Um, but, you know, also when I heard from Springboard afterwards that that person I supported got the job they wanted or, you know, even if they didn't get the job, they felt so confident. And even though they didn't get it, they were ready for the next one. You know, those feelings that I that I had heard that they felt that way made me feel that every minute that I spent with them was so worth it. Fantastic. That's that's I mean, you can't ask for more than that, can you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's that's, that's brilliant. That's brilliant to hear. Would you encourage others to join the spring? I think I know the answer, but would you encourage <laughs> others to join the Springboard Ambassador Programme? And if so, how do they go about doing it? Yeah, excellent question. Um, quite obviously, my answer is yes. <laughs> uh, anyone didn't expect that? You obviously haven't listened to the whole video. <laughs> Uh, but no, you know, I really think um, that being a springboard ambassador has a lot of positives. And I'm not just saying for those that you're going to be working with or those that you're going to be supporting, but for you as an ambassador as well. You know, not only do you get to provide support and advice to those who need it, but you're also gaining valuable skills for yourself when it comes to presenting, speaking to large groups, networking, career progression. If you need some volunteering, even on your CV, you know, just to leverage yourself. Um, um, there's so many different things that that being an ambassador can give back to you, as well as just, you know, feeling really positive. You know, a lot of people say that volunteering is uh, is for the person, not for the actual volunteering itself. It's to make yourself feel better. What's wrong with that? It does make me feel really good to be able to, you know, to be able to say that I spent an hour of my day today supporting someone finding a job. It does make me feel good. And it does make me feel like I can, you know, walk every day with my head held high because I have really, you know, impacted someone someone else's day. Um, and I think, you know, it's a role that you can take on in any career level as well. You know, if you're new to the industry and you love it and you just want to share your love for it, you know, I even find that, um, you know, when I was doing a lot of uh, mock interviews with people, um, a lot of these people were interviewing for their very first job or one of their very first jobs. Who better to give them advice than the people that are working in those jobs right now, you know, to give them real life advice? Don't get me wrong. It would still be great to do a mock interview with a CEO. But, you know, those younger professionals that don't usually think I can be an ambassador and I can help someone, there's actually so much that you can do at that level. Um, and as well at the level of, you know, GMs or CEOs, hoteliers, restaurateurs who, you know, maybe are in more senior management positions in their career and actually have the time, not that any of us ever have time, uh, but, you know, have a little bit more time to be able to dedicate to sharing that time with others and supporting them in their growth. And I 
I think, you know, no matter who we are, we are a people-focused industry. We love to support our guests, so why not support each other? I personally think it's a no-brainer. You should definitely be an ambassador for Springboard and at least for the industry. Shout it on the rooftops. <laughs> Katrina, I've got to say, it's been an you're a tour de force. You really oh, are. Thank you. <laughs> and, and you. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Um, you're, you're just so excited about the industry. I mean, I couldn't. I I can't think of anything anyone better to be an ambassador because you embody it. So thank, thank you. you very much for talking to me today. It's been great. It really, really has been a great conversation. So thank you so much. No, of Thanks. course. And I just realized I forgot to answer one of your questions. You said, how you? do you become an ambassador? I didn't even oh. tell people how to become an ambassador. Oh, my do gosh. It. Sorry, do everyone. It. Now I'm fired. I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to scrap the whole thing. The whole thing. We're done. <laughs> no, but it, trust me, everyone, it's really easy to become an ambassador, whether you want to reach out to Springboard directly and um, to caterer.com through this video, um, or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn if you want to learn more before becoming an ambassador. Um, it's really, really easy. And, you know, even if you don't have time to do the training right away, they will gladly take you on as a volunteer to be able to support them in any way um, that you can. And it's, it's not necessarily a big commitment. Um, you know, I very easily fit it into to my day to day work um, and into my personal life as well. Um, so uh, this is me telling you, you have to do it. Canadian cat. She's telling you it's done. You have to be an ambassador now. <laughs> you've been told. Uh, you've been told. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Good, good, good. Thanks again, Katrina. It's been great talking to you. Absolutely. Um, I hope you out there, um, my wonderful audience um have enjoyed this conversation as much as i have it's been it's been a fantastic chat um if you don't subscribe to recruiting and hospitality what the hell's the matter with you just go and do it subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts we're on youtube as well now um you can follow us on twitter that's uh at caterer.com caterer d-o-t-c-o-m likewise on instagram you can follow us on linkedin and we're also now on facebook um am i missing one out no no we're all right we're all good there you can follow us all, all these places and make sure you join us next time for another brilliant brilliant recruiting hospitality from cater.com i've been lancelot narayan thank you for your company i'll see you next time bye-bye